Welcome to Accelerative Thrust. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And today we have a surprise for you. Well, I guess it's not much of a surprise because I'm sure that you read the title already. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we're going to be interviewing Justin Comer, Jake Jones, and Will Yeager, which is three-fourths of the unblessed rest of us. Justin a lot and I like Will and I like Jake. <laughs> yeah. I like I mean, all three all of them. And, and I uh, don't know any of them. So I'm going to yeah. be meeting them for the first time and I'm I'm sure I'm going to like them all. Yeah. 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 I feel like you'll you'll feel like you know them instantly. Yeah. Exactly. Fun people. Yeah. And you know what? That's really what this uh podcast is about sometimes. Just fun. us getting to know people. Oh yeah, and getting fun. to know people. And fun. We could we could throw fun in there too. Yeah. Uh, and let's, let's not get too rowdy though. Danger. No, yeah. Shows about danger and it's food. Mostly about food and fun danger. Yeah. Food fun danger. That's that's really all you need to do is look look yep. it up and there we are. Yeah. Food, in fun, in and fact, danger. we have a um a, a scale called the FFD scale. Uh-huh. Uh and you know, we measure things that are happening on the show on the FFD scale, food, fun, danger. And, uh, you know, if it's fallen short, cut it out. We don't have time yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah, but it's, we it's do gotta, have time for an interview. We do. We have time for an interview. And hopefully you guys have gone on over to Content Made Right or uh, Transistor mm -hmm. or bunch of other places where podcasts are available to listen to and listen to us. Yeah. And tell and your friends, tell your friends all about it. Yeah. Uh, tell them it's food, food, fun, and danger. Yeah. And tell them about the FFD scale. And yeah. Right. Yeah. They're going to jump right on, man. They're going to yeah. think you're the coolest person one, on earth. One thing people like is metrics. Yeah. Um, they love to just sit down they, and they love that <laughs> try to figure stuff out percentages and maths yeah. and sciences and that's, stuff that's, like that. That's what the people want. All kinds of alchemy going oh. on. Oh man. All right. Yeah. Speaking of what the people want, let's go ahead and bring our guests on. Yeah, let's, let's do it. The unblessed rest of us. All right. Well, here we are. And we have Justin K. Comer, as promised last week before I nearly died. <laughs> no, I didn't nearly die. I was very sick, though. So this is a little late. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, Justin K. Comer. And from the unblessed rest of us, we have Will Yeager and Jake Jones. Jake does drums and Will does bass. And the only person not here is Gabby Vanek. But she's yeah. already been on the show, so who needs that's right. Gabby does electronics in this project, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's yeah. right. All right. Uh, and Gabby is oh. in Germany right now, so ah. she's on a different schedule, so she can't join us. I see. Mm -hmm. Wow. Must be tough. 
<laughs> right, yeah, she's, she's been there Actually, for like I, a month. <laughs> I have no idea what the weather's like in Germany. It may be like just like this, cold. Yeah, I think I Germany's no kind of like a tropical paradise. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I know oh, nothing wow. about the weather in Germany. <laughs> I was just in Belgium, and it's the same. Yeah, you as, just got the same as here. As, as same as in Baltimore, I think. I think it's a little colder out out for you guys. I was going to oh, ask about you're in that. You're, you're so in Baltimore. Where's though? everyone at right now? Well, I'm in Coralville. Nice. <laughs> where Where is Coralville exactly? Yeah. Uh, Coralville. <laughs> that's uh, just west of Iowa City. <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank, thank you for clarifying. Oh, I wasn't yeah. sure. I'm uh, zooming in from Lansing, Michigan. Wow. About mm. eight hours east of y'all. Nice. And about eight hours east of me is uh, Will Yeager. Will. In Baltimore, did you say? Yeah. Is that where you originate from? No, I just moved here last August. Okay. Nice. Will's a southern boy. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, Yeah, I'm very interested in how this all came together and how it all came apart. Fell apart. apart. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't assume it fell apart. More like people are doing different things. So, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, Justin uh, had me on the I Hear, I See uh, podcast a while ago. It's the one and only piece of promotion I did for my <laughs> tape when it came out. And I'm proud of that. So Justin has been doing podcasts for a long time. He also does the Rock Hard Caucus, which is a yep. more of a political kind of thing, right? Yes. I would yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you listened yeah. to every episode. <laughs> I, I, I've listened a little, but no, not oh, every well, episode. So I'm not a very political person, sure. believe it or not. I mean, I have really heavy political ideas, but I don't know how to accomplish them or actually yeah. do anything to make them happen. So I just keep them to myself. That's so, fair. Uh, yeah. I also don't know how to accomplish anything I want, but I just rant about it. Nice. There you go. I was about to say, I think this is a perfect podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing gets said at all. We're all just shit posting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys all came together at school, right? At the university. And was it all in the music program or did you meet elsewhere? Well, Where the yeah. hell did I meet y'all? <laughs> yeah, actually okay, okay i think i think i know like most of how this all came together okay so i, I went Who to grad are <laughs> wait actually yeah wait this you is went... not my beautiful wife <laughs> <laughs> i went to grad school at the university for composition and i finished that in 2014 i s- continued living here i took over the i hear i see concert series with carlos Catayo solaris and our friend uh uh, forest and then in i believe 2017 will that's when you moved to io city yes he's giving me correct. the horns <laughs> correct yes uh and will was very proactive he sent us an email asking if he could play at a show that we were doing and eric you played at that show too at um oh. high ground cafe oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah that's right yeah. august wow. 2017 so I thought you were I dear met. friends by that point, you guys. <laughs> we we met that night. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. So that's that's when I met Will. And then also that fall, um, Asa Crow, who was the programming director at KRUI, the radio station, asked me if I wanted to start doing radio. And I think that's how I met Jake. 
because Jake was also doing radio stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think wow. we met through KRUI. I was I was um production director for three years at KRUI from like twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one and I did a weekly experimental radio art show. Nice. Yeah. So I think mm. I think Justin and I's shows were the weird ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the weirdest ones I know of. <laughs> Um, but I say I say radio art. It was like everything from like me just like eating popcorn on air to like um, <laughs> having my friends like call in on their cell phones and then like playing songs, but nice. over the cell phone, so it just sounds terrible. So it was <laughs> art, like music. blasting. Li- yeah, it's but I mean, also it's performance art. It, yeah. Very performance yeah. art. Yeah. Nice. One time, if I could tell a quick story. Absolutely. One time, one of the last times I did my show, um, a woman called in and said that her and her husband were waiting on a reservation um, at a restaurant in downtown Iowa City. I can't remember which one. It was like Iowa City Chop House or something. And she asked, she was like, yeah, it's like a 15-minute wait. Could you please play some music? And I said no and hung up. (laughs) (laughs) And that was was my my crowning radio achievement. Um, All on the air, all broadcasted. Very satisfying moment. And we've all been best friends ever since. Yeah. That's Actually, so and since sweet. Gabby's not here, I can say I met her when I was still in grad school. She was an undergrad, and I was one of her music theory TAs. That's when we first. Oh met. wow! <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Gabby's the one who told me to email Justin. Um, okay. I I met Gabby like completely independently of Iowa. Then I moved here, and she told me to email Justin. And oh, then wow. short, very shortly after that, she moved back mm-hmm. um, to Iowa City. That's awesome. And so y'all came together to work on this. Justin talked about this project with me when I was on his podcast. I don't know if he remembers. Really? (laughs) You said, I have this dream of a project called. Oh, wow. Let's dress the rest of us. And, um, and you told me the origin of it. And I think it was Friptronics, but it was a different thing. Uh, Uh, yeah. Plunder phonics. That's it. Plunder phonics. Mm. Right. And then not that long later, I mean, in COVID time, so maybe a year and a half, two years later, then this tape came out. So I was like, oh, wow, they did it. Yeah, so, I totally forgot that we talked about that. Yeah. yeah so, so you were, you what were was on... happening in that meantime? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, you, besides... You were on, uh, <laughs> you were on I Hear I See Radio in February of 2021. So that was later than I thought. I thought we had done that earlier. Okay, so... Um, during the pandemic, I was not doing very much just across the board. I was doing very little (laughs) and, um, uh, Crystal Sherman at Gabe's asked me if I was uh, interested in doing something for the no touching sessions series. And as I said, I hadn't been doing much of anything and I, you know, I, I wanted to like, I didn't want to just do like a solo improvisation thing. Um, I hadn't actually played like in person with will for a while and will and i have a a long history of improvising together at this point um and so i was thinking well it would be cool to like put together like a new group of people that i've played with you know separately Mm -hmm. um i had a list of people i won't reveal the other people who were on the list i'll just say that the the top three are the ones who all they all accepted it. So, nice. you know, I got my ideal group. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want to name those other losers? 
Well, I mean, if they're listening, like they probably know who they are. <laughs> Other people I would have invited, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I had that idea from a long time ago to use the name "Unblessed Rest of Us," which is from uh, the essay "Plunderphonics" by John Oswald. Um, the phrase itself, meaning, uh, I think I probably explained this to you, Eric, when we talked about it. But like, a lot of people, the way they talk about inspiration and in music, it's like you know it comes from the gods we are like divinely inspired to create beautiful music but the unblessed rest of us uh acknowledge that you know we're all learning from each other and we're influenced by the music that we hear and experience mm-hmm. in our like real lives we're not just you know implanted with ideas from celestial beings or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah which no some people are so <laughs> yeah, yeah, some people are lucky yeah. like that. But, I guess. Uh, <laughs> they have ghosts in their head. <laughs> and so, yeah, the the idea of wanting to use that as a band name, the idea would be that I would, you know, be sampling in some way very directly. So that's where the radio mm-hmm. comes from. That was one of my favorite parts of the entire tape was the radio element. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that and, like, what the influences are? I, I don't know if you want to talk about that or not uh, absolutely yeah yeah because because i'm a huge fan i used to be a huge fan of like listening to like art bell and things like that oh when yeah I was younger. yeah that's kind of what it reminded me of and i was also um in the review eric and i were kind of talking i noticed a very and maybe this is just my like uh my view of the project i'm not sure if this was uh intentional with all of you guys but there definitely to me sounded like almost like a sci-fi industrial element that to me, there were parts of the, uh, like the best way I can describe it when I was listening to it, because it was such an experience to me, it sounded like I was getting abducted by a spaceship at times, if that makes any sense. (laughs) I've heard that multiple times after performing live, actually. Really? Yeah, dude, I, it was really awesome, man. I love that. But so what What kind of led you to, you know, throw in the radio element? Because that was such an interesting part of the whole thing to me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, Absolutely. I've, I've used a radio in performance uh, several times, you know, prior to us recording this, this stuff. Um, I think the first time I did it, I was playing a solo set. It was like a Christmas show, mm-hmm. and I was using samples from uh, the Rankin Bass like claymation Christmas specials. Okay, I was using those on my laptop and sort of like constructing different like Christmas themed pieces around those. And then, so I had like uh, distinct sort of movements within my performance, and I needed to bridge the gaps as I was like setting things up. So I just like brought a radio with me and just kind of turned that on. So I was I was adjusting the tuning with my left hand on a radio and using my right hand to set up the next part of the performance. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of a a tool to like get from point A to point B without leaving dead air. And oh. I really liked that. And so I, I started to like uh, want to use radio more. Actually, you know, I did it before that too. I recorded some improvisations with some like high school friends of mine in my garage a few years ago and we did some radio pieces there too 
Um, and then I, I also wrote uh, a trio for three people using radios, which Will performed in early 2020. Um, and I guess I sort of like get the, the idea to use a radio. Probably the first time I thought of a radio as an instrument was like uh, John Cage pieces from like the 70s or something. I forget the name of the piece. But but yeah, using using the radio as an instrument is something that I've been interested in for a few years. That's really cool. John Cage, that's the guy that did the uh, 433 composition, correct? Yep. Yep, okay. that's John Cage. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's really interesting, just the idea of using a radio as an instrument. Thank you. And I also, I enjoy uh, violating copyright, which is what you do when you, you know, use a radio in yeah. your own performance. <laughs> um, when I saw you all perform, well, not Will. Will wasn't there. But when I saw the unblessed rest of us, I think that's who performed mm -hmm. at Jake's mm -hmm. exhibition, right? Isn't yes, that, right? that was uh, over the summer. Yeah, Last so uh, Jake ran the radio that night, <laughs> I think. At least turned it on. Um, and, and then did drums. And you did guitar. You know, okay, I had I think. my own. Did I have a radio that night or not? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what we're talking about. Yeah, the public space like, one thing. Yeah, yeah that's This right. was um, the Open Air Media Festival. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Um, which was, we played three nights in a row. Um, Will, you were out of town, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it was- As always. It was Gabby, <laughs> Justin, and I for two nights. And then one night it was just Gabby and I. Right, I had to work the last night. Yeah, What can you tell everyone what you were working? Um, I believe it was a Sunday night and I was running sound for the Cedar Rapids Municipal Band. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's a really important detail. Um, thank you. <laughs> so similar to what yeah. you would have been doing. You yeah. know, I, I, I don't think we used the radio that much during those performances because we were using um, the poem that I had made as right, our sort we had of a, background. That's right. It was sort a of vocal running sample on a loop. Of yep. you. That's right. Yeah. So there is a vocal sample that was being manipulated and repeated. Yeah. That was sort of the spine, I guess. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, actually the anchor. That's a better <laughs> word for it. We get kind of distracted. And it's like, oh, we remember the sample. And then we come back to the sample. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's about returning. And that was a cool performance. I, I had a lot of fun. It was my first show, sort of after the major part of the lockdown and the pandemic and mm -hmm. the first night that I met Jake. And then I saw Jake maybe two more times and then he moved away. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah. That's what um, it's like living in Iowa City, yeah, isn't it? Is. Yep. <laughs> Come and go. <laughs> it usually takes more than two weeks. I, I usually know people for <laughs> at least a month or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I left some speakers in Iowa City, so I'll be back soon. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> to pick those up. And Jake, you also played in PSYOP at a show right before or maybe right after you had moved? Um, yeah, right so I, I, we had been playing together for a few months and we finally had, we had recorded, we played one gig and then I moved. And it was like the same weekend I had moved. Like mm -hmm. I drove the U-Haul to Michigan on Friday and I was back by Sunday to play that basement gig. 
Right. Um, <laughs> and I got some of the hottest photos of me ever playing the kit. <laughs> um, I'm all sweaty. It's super fucking sick. It and was a heck of a show. Thank you. It was very, very fun. It felt really good. And then yeah. that was that was sort of my last gig with PSYOP. Great such too. a killer band. Yeah. So. I, I love it. I love them so much. Yeah. If they would book a show on a Saturday, I might drive in to fill in. So the, the drumming in, in PSYOP and the drumming in the Unblessed Rest of Us are, you know, very comparable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally, say, almost exactly I, the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. While we're on the topic of other bands, um, one of the things that you mentioned in the <laughs> email was your uh, hyper pop band, Yaya. Yeah. I was, I was just curious about that. Yeah. Um, we're recording and in, pro- in, in the process of getting a show in April here in Michigan. But it's been really exciting. I just like got really into hyper pop around the time I moved. Mm-hmm. And uh, funnily enough, I was on Lex, which if you don't know what Lex is, it's like a dating app for queer people and allies, but mm-hmm. it's only text. There are no mm-hmm. images. It's basically just classifieds. Wow. And I, I had made a classified that was like, hot, sexy, trans, punk, moves to Lansing, <laughs> has no friends. <laughs> like, and, um, my friend uh, Maria, who wasn't my friend at the time, but uh, the sort of person who founded Yaya reached out to me and was like, I've been looking for a hot, sexy, trans girl punk. <laughs> to play drums in this hyper pop project. So wow. it's been a really exciting experience, like learning production with them and like helping to produce all the like drum samples and stuff. And then also like electrifying the drum set mm-hmm. and like figuring out how to um, make an acoustic drum set sound, not like an acoustic drum set, which has been like a really exciting challenge. But so are you trying to make it sound more like a drum machine or like electronic drums or is there um yeah i mean essentially without actually using an electronic kit uh, sure. which is like you know one of my drumming heroes before i even really enjoyed electronic music because it's been a process over the past few years of like getting into um edm and challenging myself as a listener to expand like my musical palette and what i enjoy um but like one of my drumming heroes since i was a teenager was jojo mayer who's like mm-hmm. a huge drum and bass guy but exclusively plays the acoustic and so it's been a really fun challenge like if you saw the list of bands it's like i have a background playing and like math rock bands and like these very technical styles and so this feels very much in the same vein but also different Um, nice that's awesome yeah it's really exciting i just yeah i'll give you one trick that i came up with when i was playing in um um commodity a which is a very iowa band you know it's um, made up of two members two former members of ice hockey oh i I knew ice hockey because i would help book them in oklahoma city before i moved to iowa and and after i moved here i reached out to them i was like do you want to start a screamo band and they're like no but do you want to play no wave and i was like close (laughs) enough close enough sure and um but around that time i begun i had begun lining my resonant head of my bass drum with tin foil mm-hmm. um because i was reading about um experimental guitar building and some guitarists will put tin foils on their strings to give it this rattly sound so i okay. started putting tin foil on my resonant bass drum head so not mm-hmm. the one that you're hitting um and it gives the bass drum this like 
clack like this it's almost like putting a snare on the bass drum it's like a really satisfying sound and it's great for punk and it's also great for like this fast dancey style of music it just gives it this nice crunch that's awesome it was also uh good on a saxophone if you like wrap it around the bell oh wow rattling thing so unconventional is uses. Good for the bass? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I was about to ask. As far as unconventional uses of instruments and ways to get different sounds out of it, we would have to ask Will about mm-hmm. some of his bass <laughs> techniques. I, I've seen you go, uh, go ape on a bass. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, what are the some of the your favorite techniques for getting strange uh, sounds out of your bass? or as eric would say going ape on the bass yeah going ape on it bass ape yeah i mean we were kind of talking about preparations i i kind of um i go i go through phases with how i feel about preparing the bass um sometimes i'll be you know just like i don't know um with with the seasons or maybe the lunar cycle um I kind of like am into it and then not into it and then into it again. Um, mm-hmm. So there's something kind of fun about that. Um, Cause like usually something has brought me like, I'll like be curious about something that I haven't tried, um, you know, sticking in on whatever doing to the base. And then that'll kind of like get me interested in that zone again. And then sometimes I go through like a phase of being like feeling really, um, limited by that and then i want to go back to just like playing it sort of um well nor- normally <laughs> even though it's still not really that normal um so just like there's kind of this like you know this oscillation between those two zones and, and one reason why I, I feel like i go through that is because um it's it's tricky like and a lot of this is is sort of i guess this is mostly influenced by like my solo practice um because if i'm playing alone or just improvising alone um which i which i do a lot uh mm-hmm. i um i feel very like uh kind of locked in like if i've prepared the bass in, in whatever way right so like mm-hmm. just because you have to stop and do it and that's not to say that you know i want to just do continuous sound but it just it feels like feels like i'm making musical choices that aren't musical like i'm having you know the sort of like i'm making musical choices dictated by like practical environments um so uh all of that to say um well i guess the question is like what are, what are my favorite stuff yeah, to actually sure. do how i think <laughs> about doing it um, basically any kind of material has like a unique sonic characteristic right so there's a lot of experimentation and research that goes into this um and uh i've kind of done a lot of it by trial just trial and error um over the last several years, uh, actually, like kind of currently, I'm thinking about ways to be a little more organized about that particular aspect of of my my practice. Um, yeah, uh, tin foil is great. Um, bubble wrap, I used to be really into. I haven't used that in a while. Um, and uh, what are some other fun ones? Clothes pins are a lot of fun on the base. Um, specifically, you know, putting them on a string. Um, basically everything kind of revolves around how it interrupts um, the normal uh, mode of vibration that sure. a string wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, like putting a clothespin 
on a string creates two different zones on either side of the string that sound very different. And, you know, I don't want, um, I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk about like the physics of why that is. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> um, yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, Will, something that was really exciting about the unblessed rest of us is, okay, so we have Justin who mm -hmm. is um, playing guitar with bunny, bunny, ears on both sides of that right? you are technically playing guitar but you're playing guitar you're playing the radio you have like a a, a unique pedal setup we have gabby who is a swamp monster playing jess <laughs> pedals and conducers and, and maybe contact mics at one point yeah um and then there's the rhythm section there's will and i who are you know playing our instruments right like that's i'm not using any pedals on the drum set by the you know the later shows we were doing i was not playing drums in a traditional <laughs> sense whatsoever like i was justin and i played um an unblessed rest of a show at a park and as soon as the set started i walked to my car and drove away yeah, um, yeah that's, one. that's one way to do it a little more then, conceptual yeah and then I, I like drove down the street and i drove back and honked a couple times and got out of my car and then and i was like all right show's over but justin like kept playing so yeah. like, i guess i'm just gonna watch and but you know um so will i wonder because my experience from being an unblessed rest of us was i felt like i was being pushed really hard to you know it's like during the the fourth track on the tape right by that point, I was not even standing, sitting at, on the drums anymore. I'd stood up and started like playing. I had picked up a trash can that was nearby and put it where I had been sitting on the drum throne and was like just sort of hitting drums with this huge trash can and the angler. <laughs> um, but but Will, how how did you feel and how how have you felt? Because you 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 were double bass into an amp. Yeah, there weren't pedals or anything. So what what were you thinking? Yeah, um, there's that contrast between what you and I were doing and and what Will and Gabby no, totally, were doing. and that's I mean that yeah I mean that's uh, that's a really interesting thing to get into um, specifically about this group, right? Because like um, as Justin mentioned before, like we've played together a lot. Um, as far as people, like I've you know I, I do like a lot of stuff on my own, but like as far as like improvising with other people, I mean I've probably done that with justin and, and our friend carlos like more than anybody else i've played with so like there's a lot of like mm -hmm. familiarity there right but but also like justin's playing saxophone and wombat like i mean so like there's like the sort of a lot of a lot of things are kind of being like there's like people i've played with but there's like kind of a wrench being thrown in um in some kind of way like justin's playing guitar and radio on this project um Th this this project has drums um wombat like does not um so and kind of to to jake's point um i definitely thought about my my role in this group being a little more traditional um not necessarily in the content of what i'm doing but i mean we have um guitar bass and drums and you know auxiliary swamp noise um you know just pretty a pretty classic rock band makeup right right um and, and and also like between the four of us there are certainly like venn diagram moments you know of overlap of interest um but i but there's also 
um, a lot of stuff that as individuals that we're into that like maybe only one other person or nobody else in the group is into. And so that's, again, you know, ultimately that's what I think is kind of fun about this group. Um, so I kind of saw my role as being a little more traditional, like I said, in, in that like, you know, I'm playing bass in a band. And so like part of my job um, as the bassist is to be the glue. And then also um, as like member of a rhythm section. I mean, and this is a mode of playing that I have a lot of experience in and other genres um, for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, it was kind of fun to sort of like inhabit a very familiar role um, but in a very different way and try to figure out how to make that work. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't act, you know, and like Jake said, I, I didn't, um, there are certainly like a lot of freak out moments and moments where I'm, you know, doing like more noisy, like extended technique oriented stuff. Um, but I spent a lot of time in this while we were playing. So I think as I'm trying to remember, I think maybe more in general, this approach is my, this is true for my approach to the group, but maybe a little bit more so in the, recording session and um, the no touching sessions thing that we did um, was like trying to find ways to sort of like link up with Jake in a very traditional way um, while also like, ex, you know, keeping like one foot kind of in a, in a sort of a noisy zone. So there are, there are moments on the record where you can just kind of hear like riffs, um, you know, like, and I'll kind of like hang out with Jake while she's doing that. Mm-hmm. And um sort of like diverge to like maybe go meet Justin or Gabby somewhere. So I, yeah, but because of that, like I'm not really, you know, no preparations, you know, I don't really Mm -hmm. use electronic effects a lot when I'm playing um, in these kind of contexts anyway. Um, But yeah, all of that to say like my, my headspace for this was a little different. It's kind of, it's kind of funny because if you just were to see us on stage, you have, you know, just the look of us and then it's like and an upright bass player (laughs) right (laughs) so it's like really silly like because you described it as like well you described it as like sort of a rock outfit and it's like as a bassist will gets like wrangled into stuff that he doesn't necessarily (laughs) want to do he's in demand (laughs) and that includes outside of bass playing (laughs) <laughs> you just get wrangled all the, it's yeah. like a personality thing desperation yeah i was gonna i was gonna say um because this you know i don't think people know the process of making the tape yeah so while um, will was talking he he was reminding me of different things so i started taking notes okay <laughs> so when Let you mentioned the it. the venn diagrams of experience that brought me back to like uh how i met each of you and and that reminded me, you know, I know Jake or initially knew Jake mostly from radio station activities. And and I, I didn't even make the connection while I was answering Dan's question about the radio. Like my interest in using a radio in performance grew as I was like doing a radio show. So like that that's an obvious like uh, development in my personality there. Like, of course, I'm going to use a radio if I'm on the radio. Hmm. I got to. I got to spread the gospel of radio, you know. Um, <laughs> and Will mentioned the uh, the wrench being thrown in, into our usual, like, uh, situations that we were playing together. And when Crystal asked us to do, the, or asked me to do the no-touching sessions, um, and then we were putting the group together. Um, so Gabby and I, usually we play saxophone and bassoon. That's, like, our, our main, uh, you know, vehicle. But... This was 
I had not been vaccinated yet. Uh, I think, Will, you, like, had just managed to get a vaccine, like, over in Illinois around this time. <laughs> <laughs> when did we do the no touching? I think it was March last year. Okay, yeah, but... I got my... Yeah, I lied and drove, like, four hours to <laughs> some, you know, tiny-ass town and get it. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, I, I, yeah, so I, I wanted to not play a saxophone because I would rather have just kept a mask on. Like, even though it's only a handful of people in the room, it's like, eh, I'm just going to keep being extra careful. So I, I didn't want Gabby and I to be, like, in the room maskless. So we were like, well, why don't we just, like, use these other things that we do? So that that was part of the wrench being thrown into it is, like, I wanted us to keep masks on for the video. It also sure. looks cool. Justin, so you, you never considered one of the masks that has a hole in it for your mouth so that you can play <laughs> saxophone? Yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose, right? <laughs> yeah, those famously effective masks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They make me yeah, feel Yeah, we did safe. all dress up for the show, too. Yes, we were all wearing costumes. <laughs> Which is what I assumed y'all meant when you called Gabby a swamp monster, but... It, yeah. it seems you weren't going to explain that. So Yeah, I guess we should have explained that. Um, Gabby. She had, wore a ghillie suit in that. Yeah, video. Gabby <laughs> has worn a ghillie suit for almost every one of our performances. Yeah. Um, well, ghillie suit or no, she's a swamp monster. And I think she would be happy to hear me say that just for yeah. the record. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas I dress up like a, a hot anime nun. Yeah. <laughs> I just wore a suit jacket, which is pretty low effort compared to both of you. <laughs> I may have thought we were all dressing up as nuns until I got there, and I felt I pulled up and I was like, Been "Color there. me, color me embarrassed." <laughs> I thought we, I thought we had all spent twenty dollars on Amazon for nun outfits. <laughs> so yeah, then getting into the recording session itself, um, we sort of like clandestinely use the angler theater as our recording studio uh i don't know if like the people who run the angler know we did that so <laughs> hope I, they're listening. I remember being explicitly told not to tell people <laughs> it's been a while now i think it's okay well they can't take it back <laughs> yeah the the tapes it, exist it happened so <laughs> i wanted to like post pictures on social media and someone was like mm, wait <laughs> yeah that was gabby yeah, now that we've gotten don't away tag with it. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we had our friend uh, Giannis Alexakis uh, run the session for us. He was our engineer. And, <laughs> do you remember? Uh, do you remember? We were recording, and I was like, I can't believe we're recording on the same stage that Drive By Truckers played on. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just kept looking up the oh. worst bands. <laughs> Y'all, like, we, we're playing on the same stage. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, some of us involved in, in this recording project have... Uh, sort of regular jobs at that theater so we kind of had access to the equipment mm -hmm. <laughs> nice um and will said that he you know wasn't using any sort of electronic effects but part of the deal with this band was that so i had i was playing guitar and then i had just a table of shit in front of me basically mm -hmm. and i had the radio i had a an analog mixer 
and I had this uh, Zoom multi-effects pedal. And I had the mixer all wired up so that I could... I had a, a line coming from Will into my mixer, and I had a mic on Jake's drums also coming into my mixer. Mm-hmm. And I had it set up so I could send like what I was getting from them through the Zoom pedal. So mm-hmm. Will was not using electronics, but I was sort of forcing some effects onto him sometimes. Four <laughs> examples of being wrangled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Electronically wrangled. Oh, did you not it want happens. effects? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was mostly that. just I was mostly just using like delay effects and sort of just like making everything repeat on top of each other and making a little bit of chaos in what we were doing. So was this um from the liner notes, it sounded like you came up with this as it happened. Is that right? Or did you have an outline? Or I, I, I can I answer that? Can I yes, answer the can. outline? Thank you. you um, because this is what I think is like really exciting to share with people. Because for me, when I think about the tape, I think about it as audio documentation of me expressing my friendship with three of my friends. I think of friendship. I think of love. And it was just a very like beautiful moment where we were all really focused and together and listening to each other yeah and the it was improvised but it was improvised in the way not where boring jazz musicians are improvising where they're just like shredding and not listening Mm -hmm. to each other they're just saying adjectives (laughs) like really pretty adjectives at each other but they're not actually speaking sentences we were speaking sentences of love and friendship and how it looked was basically we were like okay how are we going to do this how long do we want to record and I think we had agreed, okay, we're going to do a four songs and one person is going to be the leader for each one. Okay. And that's well, what's going to start us off. And we're just going to like sort of, you know, I mentioned the anchor earlier, I think like in meditation and at least how I, my relationship to improvisation, the anchor is, is like a really important way of thinking about it. But um so what makes me excited when people listen to this and they say things like it was an experience or, or you know, mm-hmm. even the aliens say it's like, yes, that is the point. It is an experience and you get to be a part of it. You get to be mm-hmm. a part of the four of us um, in this space at this very specific time, just like talking to each other. And it it was just a really good day. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It, just, it really was. Yeah. It, you know, and the, I mean, yeah. We live on a fucking punishment orb, and just every day is worse than the day before. But on that one day, right. it was really special, and it you know it means it means a lot that people. It feels like when people listen to it, like they are getting to be a part of something really special and personal to me. Mm. Yeah, um, I think it feels that way too. Absolutely, honestly, yeah, absolutely. Uh, punishment so orb much. is definitely the most accurate thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyways it's just, just non-fucking stuff it's just earlier yeah. justin when, when or i think eric said like oh like the unblessed dress of us started with a dream my thought was that was the first fucking mistake was having a dream justin yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no that's not yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we didn't so much plan the like four uh separate uh, pieces thing ahead of time it's sort of like developed in the moment as well yeah. yeah yeah so there's four tracks on on the tape uh each of us sort of um started 
one of those. Like we're not necessarily leading the whole time, but it's sort of like we, one of us serves as like the impetus for one piece. I believe Gabby did the first one and Jake did the last one. And then I think Will was the, the progenitor of a track (laughs) two. And I started track three. I think, I think it's been a while since we recorded these. I never put that together. And now it makes perfect sense that there are four of you, four tracks, four mm-hmm. sort of um, yeah. representations of what you're doing. I think that's and, really cool. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying, Justin. That is a much more correct way of putting it of like, you know, it, it was very natural and it was more of like yeah. an impetus and less of like, okay, well, count us off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like a one, a two. <laughs> like, yeah. there, there is an outtake from that recording session where Will just starts playing like a jazz bass line, and we we do pretend to be a jazz. Oh, that was really it. funny. I felt really. <laughs> I didn't I, know that. <laughs> wait, yeah, no, I remember that. I remember that because yeah. we were on stage like sound checking, and I started playing a jazz beat. Um, yeah. And you thought I, I think you thought I was making fun of you, Will, and I felt really bad. <laughs> but I was just like, no, it's I can't do this. Yeah, I think you said uh, I'm just having fun, and I think that was recorded also. <laughs> this stuff isn't on the tape, but I have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not about fun. Come on. <laughs> yeah. The first mistake was the dream. The second yeah. mistake was the fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if you want, I, you have my permission to use it as outro music oh. for this interview. If you want to get it adjusted. <laughs> yeah. Send it on over. <laughs> um, I have a question for all of you. Um, the music that comes out of unblessed rest of us for, and this is kind of a generic description, but for lack of a better way to describe it, it kind of avant-garde challenging music, I guess, to, mm-hmm. you know, most listeners ears. Yeah. Um, and I'm just curious, um, did you guys, and like I said, this is for each, each of you to answer in your own individual ways. Um, and Jake, you kind of touched on this a little bit because I know that you started out kind of playing in, uh, you know, technical bands and maybe like punk rock bands and things like that from the list and everything. Were you guys always interested in like this kind of unconventional music again for the lack, uh, lack of a better way to describe it? Or how did you find yourself kind of, kind of in this world? No, I don't think I would have been interested in in the kind of music I play now when I was like a teenager, you know. I was playing in like, you know, shitty rock cover bands and I was playing guitar at church back then. That's kind of <laughs> kind of where I got my performance chops, got comfortable on a stage, you know. Yeah. Um but I was also I was like getting interested in like jazz and uh and like prog rock so i was sort of like getting into a, a little bit weirder stuff like not totally mainstream and also like i was like really into the meat puppets when i was like 15 Ooh. and like early meat puppets is very noisy shit yeah up so, on the sun is one of my favorite albums actually that's a great one yeah 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 um so i w- i was uh sort of like interested in in uh weirder stuff but not like totally like uh, no connection to like four four time music, you know, like <laughs> like music with no beat, no sort of like uh, intentional harmonies or anything like that. Um, 
and then I guess, you know, as I, I got deeper and deeper into music, because I went to school for music, I was just, like, digging deeper and deeper into, like, it's sort of like uh, hard drugs, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you need you need something further and further away from, <laughs> from acceptable. God. Yeah, <laughs> from God and from acceptable, like, human music to, like, mm-hmm. poke at the different parts of your brain as you progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have an answer locked and loaded, but I want to hear Will's first. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, my um, my interest in music, like, like well, I, I I definitely had a phase like when I, I like I did I started playing um, electric bass first. Like I had a friend that played drums and a friend that played guitar, right? And so like it made, and so like when music first became like a, this is a thing that's like cool and fun that I want to participate in. Um, and so like, it was just like a lot of like Led Zeppelin and Metallica and stuff. Um, but that, but then shortly after that, I, um, I just got like super into the bass. And so I was like, who were like, who are the best, you know, like what, what, like what is great bass playing? Like who are the best? And so like quickly found my way to people like Victor Wooten and Jaco Pistorius. Um, and so the, and I, I'd like knew what jazz was, but like that, then the nice sort of was, I remember, um, like, I remember the first, you know, a Jocko's record replays Donnelly. And then I was like, oh, like, you know, I know this is actually a Charlie Parker tune. Like, I've heard of Charlie Parker, but like, I don't know that music. And so then I started trying to check out. I was just always trying to like go back to like what what was the source, what was before. Um, I mean, and, and then I found jazz and like fell in love, which of course made sense because obviously like I'm a giant nerd. Like I was just like on like Wikipedia, like, well, who did the song first? Like, well, how many records are I need to like listen to every version, which if you are into that kind of stuff, like jazz is the best <laughs> possible music. Yeah. Um, Cause everybody recorded like crazy and like, you know, there are zillions of versions of the same song, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that's, so I was still kind of also playing like rock music, but just very quickly, like my, the stuff that, you know, I, my, like I'm going to be a musician like for the you know rest of my life moment that happened when I was like 15 that was like because of uh that was because of jazz and and then I wanted to learn how to play double bass um so I finally got one of those when I was like 18 um wow yeah I had um, no idea you're so late to double bass late to late to everything you know <laughs> um <laughs> That's what yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I'm, so fr- I'm from Tennessee. Like, I'm, you know, I didn't have a, yeah. I was lucky that I had a, a good, like, high school band program where I was, like, mm-hmm. playing trumpet and stuff and, like, learned how to read music and everything. But, like, we didn't have orchestras, not a single one, one in my count. I, like, I wanted to play double bass the whole time, but I didn't have one. So I was just, like, spent all of high school saving pennies. Um, and then I went to music school and, like, was super down to, like, learn classical music. I didn't really have a relationship with it at that time. Um, like, just as like, this is something I need to do to learn how to play this instrument, but I want to play, but over a course of like college and my um, master's degree, gradually like liked it more and more. And so by the time I finished um, grad school the first time, um, I was like very like 50, 50, like I love jazz. I also like, am inter- like love the orchestra. Like I, you know, I spent like a lot of time in grad school, like with my buddies, like getting trashed, like marathoning, like, you know, Leonard Bernstein, Mahler cycle DVDs, you know, like, this <laughs> is <laughs> like the nerdiest possible shit. Um, uh, and then, you know, so that, that, that there are a lot of bass players who kind of function in that like 50, 50, like it's, it's an instrument for which that makes a lot of sense. And also like, 
I was able to make a living as a bass player because I was playing in orchestras and like playing a lot of jazz gigs and all kinds of stuff. Um, at some point I wasn't, you know, this was all about like craft, right? This is all about like trade and craft and like a fun way to make money. But at some point I like, I'm not as fulfilled as I would maybe like to be like artistically. Um, Cause even though it's talked a lot about in music school, it's all a lie. Uh, <laughs> music school is trade school and that's not even a bad thing. I just was, yeah. people were honest about it. It's not art school. It's mm-hmm. trade school yeah. Um, yeah. for a trade that doesn't exist. It's great. <laughs> um, that's a different podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I, where I'm from in Knoxville, there's a, a, a new music, contemporary music, like chamber uh, summer festival thing that I applied to on a whim. It's called Neef North. Um, and that was like another like pretty big like oh wow this whole other zone of stuff, um, and so that was that was so then my, then I got into like contemporary music which is what brought me to Iowa because I wanted time to like study that stuff, um, but I was always always improvising because of my background in jazz, mm-hmm. um, and even though like I feel like it, it was kind of through my interest in like um, crazy contemporary music that sort of like also brought me in a more like dedicated way to like um just more like um outside of sort of classical zones like improvised music free music um diy avant-garde stuff i don't know like looking back there are all these like little threads like even when i was like super into jazz like as a kid and like wanted to get good at it and like learn how to play bebop really well i also like the very first time i heard any ornette coleman i was like this is amazing you know like i remember i, I remember the first time i listened to um I was at a summer thing in some college, like while I was in high school and I was just like, I want to like go to the school library. And I, you know, I got um, the record free jazz and like sat in a little steady carol, like and put it on vinyl and just sat there with headphones. So like there are all these little moments along. So there, there was always something there, you know, but then you go to school and it's like, well, now you need to like learn how to like play these songs and all 12 kids, which is fine. Like I'm not, I'm only, it's like, I'm, I'm dogging on it. It's like a little brother thing. Like I can do it because it's, it's mine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was all I was always anytime I and I don't know I think this is why like my progression has just been like from the, a place of like whatever like and always just getting a little more out um is anytime I've ever heard something that like mystified me in some way or like defied my understanding um instead of being repulsed by that I've always like been really um energized by that yeah. and like really curious about it which is not an, you know a response that I guess maybe most people have when they hear like you know um mirror or something you know like whatever the you know, crazy thing that you know um so I, I i still think that's true um for me um so i guess yeah i guess that's sort of my my probably overly long answer to the question <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a very different approach um <laughs> in middle school i got guitar hero too and <laughs> i heard my first sex pistol song and I realized that I wanted to fuck. And so I stopped <laughs> I stopped listening to They Might Be Giants, period. And oh. only listened to well now I love them again. But <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> so, since I've since I've transitioned, I've allowed myself to love things. Um again yeah. without embarrassment. But before when I was I don't know if you all knew this, I used to be a boy. And um, <laughs> when I was a teenage boy, I wanted to fuck and all my friends knew how to play guitar and I just wanted to be in a band because I thought it'd be cool. So I got a drum set and started learning Ramon songs and I was 100% punk rocker, like 
safety pin like tried to look like johnny thunders and said vicious every day for like three years <laughs> and um at these punk shows that i was going to in oklahoma city um sometimes a screamo band would get booked and i would be i would suddenly be like oh shit they're way better at drums than anyone else playing here <laughs> like well there's more than like three drum beats what the fuck <laughs> and i was like i i was convinced that my self-worth was really dictated by how my craft was on the drums i was like i need to perform i need to be an eight at one point i was playing in eight bands as a teenager <laughs> like like i sent you all my list i was just like right. i don't care what genre i just need to be playing because i need to be cool and i need to fuck because that is <laughs> my only gauge of self-worth is like in in performance you know i don't know it's it's amazing but at some of these gigs these punk gigs a noise musician would get booked you know someone someone like like eric or gabby or or us now right and i would see them and i'd be like i hate this so much how how dare they put us through this it's just noise there's nothing to dance to if i wasn't trying to look cool i would not be sitting down during this set with everyone else who's decided to sit down instead of moshing you know i am only here because all these fucking hot people are here pretending this is good i hate this you know i'm like i'm like 16 at this time and after i saw like this fucking grueling 30 minute white noise like noise set like mm -hmm. feedback like you know i'm a teenager so of course i'm not wearing ear protection so it's finally yeah. over i'm like thank fuck i can dance you know god i'm like i'm an idiot and i'm smoking because i'm an idiot and i'm smoking out back i'm like fucking finally and this punk who's like twice my age comes up to me and through like a thick breath of the cheapest oklahoma city beer you could buy which is white uh which is lost lake lost lake Thick breath of loss, like he goes, I fucking love noise, man. And I go, like, yeah, it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> and he's like, you know, because I'm trying to be cool because I'm an idiot. And um, he's like, how else do you talk about kids stepping on landmines from wars from like 50 years ago before they were born? Like, how else do you talk about like fucking slavery? Like, how else do you talk about like, um, how shitty life is and all of this violence that goes on in the world like you can't write a fucking pop song about it and like there it's just like fucking like light bulb it all made sense to me and I was like oh my god fuck like what have I been listening to like why have I been like suddenly why I'd been listening to music and what I had enjoyed about music was like totally questioned and it, it radicalized me in a way and mm. suddenly I was like no like I have to experience noise and I have to let my mind like wander and think about mm -hmm. these things. Cause I mean, I, as a performer, like, you know, obviously like transitioning is really difficult and there's a lot of like violence and stuff. And like um, through performance in my art and like through music offered me a pathway, mm -hmm. right? It helped me experiment and play with things in a, in a safe way. And I can tell you the first time I did a noise set when I was a drummer, and it's actually classic. Uh, my band was supposed to play a show, and two days before, a bandmate said, actually, they got scheduled last minute and they can't play the gig. So I told the venue, I was like, oh, but my other band could play. And my other band was me on drums and my two friends who we were basically distracting the audience while one of these friends made a pile of onions 
and the other friend got a lawnmower and brought it inside and ran over the onions with a lawnmower, <laughs> which would make everyone, which actually did make everyone cry, which was the goal, <laughs> right? I just, <laughs> um, so that to me, at, you know, like seven, or I, I guess I was like maybe 20 at that time when I was finally doing my own noise sets. Um, but I was an art student and I was suddenly like approaching things from, I think, a different a different perspective um mm -hmm. finally but um i mean i'm still a very um what's the word not superficial i'm a still very superficial person and I'm mostly motivated by being cool and having sex and i think yeah. uh people who make noise have the best sex and are the <laughs> coolest so of course i'm gonna do that like like why aren't i still playing ska there's your answer <laughs> like ska is great like did i get did i have a lot of great sex while i was in the ska bit no like, <laughs> do you think that's why the mighty mighty boss tones just broke up yeah so, finally, someone so, finally someone finally up. sat him down yeah. <laughs> after all these years we've been writing record after record it's still i can't make anyone come like yeah. why they were very dedicated yeah Definitely. Yeah. Dickie got of tired time. of his self-imposed celibacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've just been lubing up this machine for <laughs> decades. Anyway, um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think noise is, like, really beautiful and smart, and it's perfect for people like me who are really dumb and hot. Uh, <laughs> Man, that's, I got to say. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I come from like a math rock background. Also, like getting into math rock was like really formative for me as a musician. But it's like there's it's kind of like the the joke I made about jazz earlier. It's like so many math rock bands, it's like, what the fuck are y'all even talking about? You're just this is nothing. <laughs> this is a nothing song. You're just shredding. Yeah. But it's like there's no it's like it's you know, it's like sometimes noise, it's like, well, there's nothing happening, but there's so much content. There's so much to think about. Yeah. This could be about so much. Hmm. And math rock is sometimes the opposite where it's like, well, there's so much <laughs> shit happening and they're not saying anything. Yeah, so there's nothing to think about. <laughs> a friend of mine, I wouldn't say a close friend of mine, but a friend of mine, when we were in high school, he applied for a job at a at like a hipster pizza place, like a nice pizza place, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, on job applications, sometimes they'll say, do you have any special skills? Um, he wrote, can do uh, pinch harmonics <laughs> on his special skill, <laughs> and he did. He did not get hired. Oh, <laughs> he did not. Oh man, um, too bad they they missed out on that one. Yeah. Fucking idiots. <laughs> I had a uh, question for you guys. Uh, I wondered about the unblessed rest of us if there were sort of underlying um, emotions or. I don't know how to say it oh, exactly boy. worlds that you were yeah. trying to create that weren't really talked about because I know the titles of the songs mostly seem to be about religion or something like that. Yeah. And so yeah. I didn't know if that was actually what we're supposed to be um, meditating on as it were, while we listen, or were there other things you were trying to evoke? None of this was like super thought out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that kind of like uh, developed in the moment. But, you know, the name of the band, Unblessed, um, Jake wearing a nun costume, uh, it, it, that together, like, very much reinforces a sort of religious aesthetic mm -hmm. thing going on. 
a lot of the radio stuff I was doing, I know where the Catholic station is on the <laughs> dial. So, and I knew I would get good samples out of going to that station a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, the tracks that have titles, one of them has no title at right. all, but the titles are pulled from uh, those radio samples, oh, okay. which I, th- I nice. think all three were stuff that was happening on the Catholic station. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously a, a lot of um, like people who are on the religious right talking on our tape and uh none of us are are particularly religious mm-hmm. or right thinking in our politics so we're going to react against that <laughs> so right. so that did kind of create a, a very dark uh world as we were hearing uh you know people talking about uh, how cops are great um <laughs> uh, pe- people should not uh, experiment with their gender or whatever. I mean, there's some pretty heinous stuff that made it through onto the tape, <laughs> but uh, uh, but going into it, like I, uh, at the beginning of our no touching sessions video, I dedicated that performance to my friend Hannah, who committed suicide in November 2020. Um, my my life has basically been like before and after that day now, so that mm-hmm. that colors like everything I do. Um. Will and Jake and Gabby knew that, like, that's basically all I was thinking about while we were recording the album. Um, I put a dedication to her in the liner notes in the tape as well. So that's a lot of the uh, emotion going into it as well, is, like, uh, mourning my friend and sort of thinking about who she was in relation to the horrible Catholic station samples we're hearing, because she was also, uh, you know, like... uh, she she was also in radio actually mm-hmm. so that 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 was very connected um and also uh you know an activist in her own right and pushing for uh progress on you know opposite of what was going on on the catholic station crazily enough that's also like relevant to our discussion here like i also love listening to like old art bell stuff like yeah that's that's some of the craziest stuff to just like chill out with for several hours absolutely and, <laughs> uh right before the pandemic uh like so february february march 2020 um will and i we played a, a show in phoenix with our friend carlos and on the way down there i drove there with my wife ashley and while we were driving through the like new mexico desert i put on uh some art bell and uh, we stayed overnight in Albuquerque with my friend Hannah, who I was just talking about. Wow. That was the last time I spent any time with her. Albuquerque's wow. are really scary. <laughs> like, not as a city, but as a location for weirdness. Like, I'm not yes. a big yeah. believer. I'm a big skeptic on almost every level. But um, driving through New Mexico in the middle of the night, in the middle of the country it'll mm-hmm. i mean you can't not see some shit <laughs> yeah. that'll make if you that kind stuff of is nervous. real it's it's real there yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah, i don't believe it uh... yeah and i'm looking at it seeing it saying that's not real you know <laughs> <laughs> kind of just the boundaries of skepticism but i've uh <clears throat> my sister lives in tucson hmm. so i've been down there a few times and yeah i can second that eric 
the desert gets to be pretty creepy sometimes, especially at night. Mm -hmm. Especially sure. at night. And there's big spiders sometimes. <laughs> and that creeps me out more than anything. Those are and very I, real. I, do, I, I try not to believe they're real. <laughs> I try not to believe they're real. I'm a skeptic of big spiders. Yeah. <laughs> also, birds aren't real. Did you guys hear about that? Oh, yeah. I've seen no. stickers to that effect. <laughs> no, there's a guy who actually started this satirical movement called birds aren't real yeah no i think i yeah. saw one of his stickers in iowa city actually well, I mean, so that's a movement that exists here too wow yeah yeah it's crazy i'm glad we got that worked out <laughs> yeah um <laughs> sorry guys so just for, the, just for the record yeah. um no I, what i just dropped in the chat um for you all to check out is oh. uh, is a documentary about birds aren't real Oh, I just is, it, is it the one from Vice Will? Uh, I, let me see. I think so. Because if it is, that's I me, just saw all that like a week ago. It's fantastic. <laughs> that's the same one. Uh, I th I think so if anyone's interested in this link, just go ahead and write to us. Here, yeah, we'll read it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll send you, yeah, yeah. We'll send you the right. HTTPS colon, colon slash slash. slash w I forgot. W people let's just watch people it might now. be listening and to this. Do commentary. Yeah. Eventually, people will hear this, guys. Well, all right. This is this is where we've left the rails. <laughs> that's okay it inevitably happens all the yes. time yes there's a clear moment when things have gone awry on this yeah. show so when you just got like, five people um, on a mic yeah. it's like our songs that's true <laughs> there's a moment where it's like wow there it goes <laughs> uh, well uh, before we go i do yeah. want to apologize for one thing i said earlier um i said oh. that i was in uh shitty rock cover bands as a teenager uh, mm. I, I just want to say, like, it was very foundational to me. It was not shitty. Uh, <laughs> playing, yeah. music, playing music in Jake Whitman's basement was, like, very important to me, and I, I still love Jake, and I love David Clare, uh, so uh -huh. it wasn't shitty. Right? <laughs> really we were kind of shitty at music is kind of what I was right. getting at. <laughs> I think that's gotcha. how we took it. It's certainly been fun having you guys, and thanks for uh, – taking your time out of a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for this having us. This is prime yeah. nap time, and I get that. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yeah. great stories coming from everyone. And Do you guys have plans of um, recording anything else or playing or working on anything with this project? Anytime. Yeah, we're kind of yeah scattered to the winds right now, but right. You know, maybe if, if we can line things up. It would be great to do it again. Um, cool. Will and I, we we did release a Wombat album yeah. last month as well, so it's it's not like we're not and it's doing awesome. Music I listened to it. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, just the other day, it's really cool. I appreciate and I that. I really liked the bass on it a lot. It seemed really, and if this is offensive somehow, I apologize, but I don't mean for it to be. <laughs> One of my favorite sounds that can be created in the world is sort of a ratchet. And it mm -hmm. felt like with the bass, there was just a lot of ratcheting happening. And I really liked, it. <laughs> you know, oh, those yeah. kind of sounds. It was really. I love, I love that sound killer. too, man. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear more from all of you collectively or individually and stay in touch with us. Yeah, it's up on Bandcamp. 
uh, the Oxcart new music Bandcamp. That's Gabby's uh, label. We got. Cool. I think I still have like forty-ish tapes, so I've got nice. plenty to go. Let's let's move these things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Stack them high, watch them fly. That's what I. Do. <laughs> all right. I'll, cool. I'll take yeah. ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! If we all got like eight, we'd be about there, right? I can't do math, but. Um, all right. Well, thank yeah, you all so it's much. Been a, it, yeah. It's been a pleasure anytime. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having right. us on. Yeah. Thanks for, for sure. coming on. For sure. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> all right. Cool. Talk to you all later then. Yeah. Thank yep. you guys. Nice yeah. to meet you, Dan. Oh, man. That was such a great wow. interview, wasn't it? There was so great. many, so much useful information everything i learned everything from that interview what about you eric yeah i i i'm i'm changed permanently yeah i hope everyone enjoyed that yeah i don't know how they couldn't it was it was it was uh informational and fun and food dangerous yes and, and food yeah it was it was delicious food for thought it was dangerous and delicious <laughs> Jesus we changed Christ. it to the DD scale now. Oh Dangerous God. and delicious. <laughs> um, double D scale, we call double, it. The double D oh, scale, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Everyone out there and all right, people of Earth. Hey, um, Earth. Uh, also, I uh, we forgot to mention. Uh, you, you guys might notice. Everyone might notice that we're kind of, we're running late. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Eric decided he he decided he was going to be sick yeah and, yep. uh, that's so, what happened yeah like, just... i'm sick of my life being so uh, productive and um vertical i'd rather spend a few days just laying in bed <laughs> uh and so Feeling i just bad i just ate some nasty old broccoli i think is what happened and uh that was the end but anyway so we're back and there's yeah. going to be an episode today, and there's also going to be one on our regular, regularly scheduled day on Thursday. Yep. Uh, yep. There'll be a new episode and regular review episode on Thursday. So this one's just a few days late. So. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, get your scales out and start measuring the dangerous and delicious stuff. Oh, my God. In the universe. (laughs) All right. Bye, folks. Bye. Have a good uh, year. Year? We're going to see him in a couple days. Well, okay. (laughs) Day. Have a good day, I guess that's what I'm supposed to say. Have a good time. Yeah, have a good time. (laughs) That's what you need to do. Have a good time, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Bye. Bye.